Do you sometimes get the sense that debates about America's role in the world are predictable and often disconnected from reality? Our new podcast tries to change that. None of the Above offers new ideas to help confront America's global challenges. Subscribe to None of the Above today. With MailChimp, you get a whole lot more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. That means you can connect your data to make more informed, smarter decisions. And you get powerful automation tools like our customer journey builder to ensure you never miss an opportunity to turn shoppers into loyal customers. So if you're ready to integrate your marketing and boost sales, get started today at MailChimp.com slash smart marketing. MailChimp, built for growing businesses. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. Free speech is under assault like never before. Freedom Freedom is under attack more now than ever before. Because radical doesn't mean crazy. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. With the help of the media, big tech, and the global elite, the left is attempting to seize control of my generation. It's time to fight back. It's time to let Let freedom freedom ring. Good morning. How are you? It's October 15th, 2021. And don't you ever forget that Joe Biden is the worst president in American history. Now, a few days ago, I'm really upset about this. A few days ago, we talked about, we talked about a, a father who is a domestic terrorist, if you didn't know, because he doesn't want his kids to be, to be taught critical race theory, to be taught to hate this country. And because of that, he is a terrorist. Obviously, has to be a terrorist, right? You don't want that to happen? You got to be a terrorist too. Now, not, so if you didn't watch that episode, basically what happened is this father, this girl was in a, was at her school and a kid who was wearing a skirt, he was a male wearing a skirt, went to the female's bathroom and raped her. And the school, because they didn't want to make the left-wing mob mad, and it's a very liberal school district, instead of prosecuting this kid, sent him to another school. And guess what? He eventually forced another girl into the bathroom, which then led to her being, I believe she was only sexually assaulted, which is still terrible. Not as bad as rape, but still terrible. But this all happened... Because the liberal elite want to push the myth that there's no way that if we allow anybody to go into any bathroom, there's no way at all that someone would pretend to be uh, a female simply to find, you know, where the females are supposed to feel most comfortable, a room with only females, and sexually assault them. But because of that, they transferred him to another school. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't say, they didn't, I would, I think that's an expellable offense. I once got suspended for three days because somebody, because I recorded something at school. Somebody did something stupid and I was recording it because I thought it was funny. I was like in middle school and I got suspended for three days. But this kid is able to rape somebody and he just gets transferred. I should have went to a liberal school. That's exactly what I should have done. Now over the Daily Wire, they've exclusively figured out, this is via Luke Rosiak, that the Loudoun County Schools did not record multiple alleged sexual assaults over a period of years despite the state law. The law requires sexual assaults to be reported to superintendents, 
The superintendent claimed he did not know of any sexual assaults on school property. You think that maybe the superintendent would get a call. The article goes, Loudoun County Schools did not record multiple known incidents of alleged sexual assault in schools dating back several years. Despite a law that requires statistics about school safety incidents to be reported to the public and which includes a provision holding school superintendents personally liable for violations. After the Daily Wire raised the discrepancy with the Virginia Department of Education, a spokesperson said that the Virginia Department of Education is reviewing the discipline, crime, and violence data submissions of Loudoun County Public Schools and is in communication with LCPS to determine whether the division's reporting is accurate and whether the division is in compliance with state and federal law. That same law could have implications for a Loudoun superintendent or principal in the wake of the May 28th alleged sexual assault in a bathroom. The incident first reported by the Daily Wire on Monday, on June 22nd, Superintendent Scott Ziegler told the public, to my knowledge, we don't have any record of assaults occurring in our restrooms. Virginia law requires, quote, reports shall be made to the division superintendent and to the principal of or his designee on all incidents involving sexual assault. And when the Daily Wire pressed the LCPS these questions last week, they said, has Stonebridge ever reported the May alleged sexual assault in any statistics or made anyone aware of it? LCPS hid behind this state law with Director of Communications Joan Salgren saying any information related to student information is confidential under the state and federal laws regarding student privacy. But they didn't ask what was the person's name. They asked if it happened. And that's, you're completely allowed to do that. You know, for instance, HIPAA, right? In HIPAA, you're allowed to say that if I'm in a, if I'm in a hospital of a thousand patients, I'm allowed to say Scott has AIDS. Because how is anybody passing by going to know who the hell Scott is? But what I'm not allowed to do is say Scott R or the last name or last name and first initial. It's completely legal for the Loudoun County Public Schools to say there were three alleged assaults because that doesn't violate anybody's privacy. You don't know exactly who did the assaults. You don't know who, di- who, was, who, who was assaulted. If I tell you that, you know, there were three assaults, right? Privacy, you can't, you can't hide behind some state laws and not follow others. That's not how this works. The state law requires statistics on assaults and other incidents in schools to be reported to the public in the form of annually updated statistics on a public database called Safe Schools Information Resources, SSIR for short. It's administered by the Virginia Department of Education. LCPS reported to the state that Stonebridge had zero sexual assaults for the 2020-2021 school year, which includes May 28, 2021, when an alleged sexual assault happened. Virginia law also says that the division superintendent shall annually report all such incidents to the Department of Education for the purpose of recording the frequency of such incidents on forms that shall be provided to the department and shall make such information available to the public. The issue with missing sexual assault statistics in Loudoun is not limited to this latest case, raising the prospect that untold numbers of sexual assaults and other infractions have gone unreported. In October 2018, for instance, a case that was widely reported by the media at the time, three players at Tuscora High High School were arrested and charged with sexual assault. A source told local media then that it's believed a younger player was, quote, held down by teammates who inserted objects into the victim in in, in the locker room. A spokesperson for LCPS said at the time that the case will still will be subject to disciplinary action. Well, it should be criminal. The annual report for Tuscora that year reported zero instances of sexual offenses against students. 
Loudoun County Public Schools provided no response at all to the Daily Wire's question about the reason for, quote, zero figures despite having two days to do so. While the suspect in the May 28th alleged assault was not arrested until two months later, July 8th, following the conclusion of an investigation, police officers were present at the school that day. Law enforcement was notified of the incident, and a police report was filed on the attack, though it is not clear who filed the report. Pyle, the state spokesperson, noted that the SSIR's mandatory reporting is not contingent on the filing of charges by law enforcement or subsequent convictions. So what he said is you don't have to, we don't have to convict the guy. If there's an alleged sexual assault, it gets reported regardless of if the DA, you know, presses charges. Additionally, the safety statistics for that school year were not due to the state until July 16th. And in the case of Tuscora, the school year did not end until months after the incident and arrests. Yet the district still reported zero because the guy was arrested July 8th. And they were due to the state July 16th. And it says zero. The SSIR manual says sexual assault is required to be reported regardless of what ha- of the sanction, what 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 the alleged person, uh, what their convictions is. The law says that quote a division superintendent who knowingly fails to comply or secure compliance with the reporting requirements of this subsection shall be subject to the sanctions authorized in Virginia Code twenty two dash twenty two dot one sixty five. A principal who knowingly fails to comply or secure complications with the reporting requirements of this section shall be subject to sanctions prescribed by local school board, which may include, but not limited to, demotion or dismissal. On Wednesday, Loudoun County Public Schools put out a statement which it did not send to the Daily Wire in response to mounting public pressure. It said, quote, Loudoun County Sheriff's Office was contacted within minutes of receiving the initial report on May 28th. Once a matter has been reported to law enforcement, LCPS has not begun its investigation until law enforcement advises LCPS that it has completed a criminal investigation. Furthermore, LCPS is prohibited from disciplining any students without the following title. I think that's nine. I think I don't, I, I suck at reading Greek letters or Greek numbers. Title IX, grievance process, which includes investigating complaints of sexual harassment and assault. However, in an email from Stony Bridge Principal Tim Flynn, which was sent out to the entire community at 448, the day of the alleged rape, he told students and parents that, quote, there was an incident in the main office today that required the Loudoun County Sheriff's Office to dispatch deputies to Stonebridge. The incident was confined to the main office and the entrance area to the school. There was no threat to the safety of the student body. Students might have noticed Sheriff's Office personnel on campus, and I wanted to let you know that something out of the ordinary happened in the school today. There was no mention of the actual attack. Because the biggest problem is this. Scott Smith the victim's father who broke this to the Daily Wire, who, who, who tipped them off, if the police came for him. Why? Did he rape somebody? No. He had the audacity to be upset that his daughter was raped at school where the number one job of the school system, we hear this from Democrats all the time, every time that there is a mass shooting, is to protect students. Which to a certain extent, they're exactly right. There's a hierarchy within psychology, and if your basic needs aren't met, you can't you can't do anything past that, right? If you're in fear for your life, you can't worry about algebra. Scott Smith's daughter, I guarantee, can't walk into that school without thoughts of being raped in the bathroom by the kid who claimed to be transgender. By the kid who claimed to be transgender. But Scott Smith, because he's white, and he disagrees with critical race theory, and he disagrees with the thoughts of what happened, and he disagrees with the idea that 
people should just be able to go into whatever bathroom they feel they should be able to go into that day because gender is obviously fluid. There's no way that gender isn't fluid. It has to be, you know, gender is fluid, meaning today I, I could be a male, but, you know, in two seconds, like right now, I could be a female. Oh, I'm back to being a male now. It just really depends because Scott Smith doesn't, uh, doesn't believe in that opinion of law because he doesn't believe that that should be something that is pressed upon kids because his daughter was raped because of that wild leftist ideology. Because of all that, he's the domestic terrorist. But it's not just him. Donald Trump once said, they're not coming after Donald Trump. They're coming after you. They're coming after you. He's just in the way. And it starts to say, hey, maybe he was right. Because right now, the FBI is investigating everyone like Scott Smith who has the audacity to go to a school board, which he voted to put the school board on there, and have any sort of idea about what happens. That he wants his elected officials to be held accountable. He obviously is a domestic terrorist for that. 100%. That's 100%. Duh. I'm not stupid. Obviously, that's a domestic terrorist. Folks, The left, who said they wanted, Joe Biden, who said he wanted to be the great unifier, is now calling you a domestic terrorist because you don't want your kids to be taught critical race theory. LCPS's October 14th statement also says that, quote, members of the Loudoun County School Board were not aware of the specific details of this incident until it was reported in media outlets earlier this week. However, on August 17th, a local paper called Loudoun Now published an article saying that when Smith was in court that day, because he was charged with disorderly conduct after becoming angry at a school board meeting where Ziegler denied there were any bathroom assaults on the record. Smith's lawyer explained the incident stemmed from his anger about an alleged assault of an immediate family member inside a bathroom by an identify, by a person identifying as gender fluid. It seems unlikely that no school board members would have seen that article in their local paper or heard about it from someone else. I mean, it's their job. Given that Smith's arrest was extremely high profile, came as a direct result of his actions at school board meetings, he was pursued zealously by an ally of progressive school board members, Commonwealth attorney Butta Bibaraj. Bibaraj came to court personally to try Smith, taking a highly unusual step of seeking jail time for him. Based on painting him as a threat to the school board members, the judge said his punishment was important because otherwise, why would anyone want to, to be on the school board? Let's talk about it like this, right? The worst thing that happened in this entire thing was that Scott Smith got a little loud at a school board meeting. He didn't hit anybody. He didn't rape anybody. But Miss uh, Miss Bibaraj, who's the head prosecutor in this area, in that area, went herself to prosecute him. Went herself to prosecute him. That ve- that very rarely happens, right? Very rarely. It only really happens on really high issue claims that the that the head prosecutor, and typically it's called district attorney in most places, right? Virginia is one of those weird things where it's not a state, it's a commonwealth. For instance, right? There was this guy who was accused of, of murder uh, in the late, I want to say in the late 80s. He, he, he was, the murder happened in the late 80s. He was convicted in 2000. Uh, he was released early 2020. And, uh, pending a new investigation because of some DNA. Long story short, he ended up not, uh, they ended up dropping the case because they figured out he was wrongly convicted and that they have the DNA and they they can't they don't know who the DNA belongs to, but they've confirmed it's not the guy who spent 20 years in prison for this murder. In my, in my county, in the county I live in, right? The county I'm recording this right now. 
And with that being said, the district attorney went to court that day to announce that they weren't going to be pursuing charges against, uh, I, I think his name was Mr. Swain. That's when the district attorney actually shows up to court. Stuff like this. But, and so think about it. This is not, this is, this is political. Because I can guarantee you this Barbara Barrage does not, did not vote for Donald Trump. This is scary, folks. They're coming for people like you and me. People who have an audacity to speak up. Following the Daily Wire's revelation of two alleged sexual assaults by one student, Bibaraj belatedly acknowledged the accuracy of main elements to the local outlet WTOP, confirming that one 15-year-old boy has been charged in two alleged sexual assaults, one in May and one in October. Same kid. Bibaraj told WTOP that the prosecution's case was relying on DNA evidence, which, without a conviction, would have been so much more difficult. Smith told the Daily Wire in its original story that he does not believe a rape kit would have been ordered the same day if it weren't for causing a scene in the main office. Now, getting over to, I guess, some good news. A judge partially blocks a Democratic governor's vaccine mandate for healthcare workers. Because the last year's heroes, the, the heroes on the front lines, the nurses, are now unemployed in a, in a pandemic and in a worker shortage. Because that makes sense, Joe Biden. A federal judge on Tuesday partially blocked New York's vaccine mandate for healthcare and long-term care workers throughout the state. You take a judge, David Hurd, blocked the state from firing healthcare workers seeking a religious exemption from the vaccine mandate, which was first issued in August by then-Governor Andrew Cuomo and enforced by, Get, by Kathy Hochul. The Department of Health is barred from taking any action, disciplinary or otherwise, against the licensure, certification, residency, admitting privileges, or other professional statuses or qualifications of any plaintiff on account of seeking or having obtained a religious exemption from mandatory COVID-19 vaccination, Heard wrote in his ruling. At the same time, state health officials cannot act against healthcare employers who accept religious exemption as well. In a statement, Thomas More Society Senior Counsel Stephen Crampton blasts the liberal state government for, quote, ignoring the United States Constitution, its amendments, and civil rights. This is very clearly a decision supporting the constitutional rights of these medical workers whose requests for a religious exemption to the vaccine mandate were rejected by Governor Hochul and her administration. Crampton said Hurd's ruling that, quote, New York seems to be dead set on ignoring the U.S. Constitution, its amendments, and Civil Rights Act. We are pleased that the judge seen fit to put an immediate halt to the gubernatorial overreach. Democrats rule via the pen. Democrats rule via the pen. Listen to me. If you are an employee right now at one of the companies who are telling you you have to get the vaccine mandate, you have to get the vaccine, do not quit. Make them fire you. Because if you quit, you don't have a claim. But if they, you make them fire you, you do. Biden never signed that executive order. Biden had a press conference where he said he was going to sign an executive order. He never signed it. It's not law. The regulation never came down from OSHA. Do not quit. Because if you quit, you don't have a claim. So you need to continue working. It's why the Southwest employees haven't quit. It's why the Southwest employees are just continuing to use sick time. That way they're still technically employed. Because if they quit, they are going to make it very hard 
for them to win a lawsuit. Pretty hard to say that you were discriminated against if you quit. Now there's still a case. You could still have a case. It's just very, very difficult. So do not quit if you are there. If you are in a position where they're they're making you, uh, for whatever reason, have to do it. Now we're going to get into uh, what could be something about big tech. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in just a second. But first, I want to let you know to go over and sign up to my morning newsletter, The Conservative Briefing. What you're going to get when you sign up to The Conservative Briefing is you are going to get every morning about a five to ten minute uh, newsletter that you can read as your coffee's brewing that will keep you up to date on what exactly you need to know. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Most of the things on that newsletter I'm also talking about on this podcast. But sometimes you can't listen to the podcast and it's quicker to, to read a five-minute newsletter than it is to listen to a 40-minute podcast. So make sure you check that out. That is theconservativebriefing.com. T-H-E-C-O-N-S-E-R-V-A-T-I-V-E-B-R-I-E-F-I-N-G.com. We'll be right. We'll be back right after this. All right, so let's get into it. So a bipartisan group of U.S. senators introduced a bill to rein in big tech. Now this always, this always, when I see bipartisan group of senators, I'm always like, what the hell did, what did Mitt Romney screw us on this time? That's seriously exactly what I think. But the chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee on Antitrust, Senator Amy Klobuchar, Democrat of Minnesota, and the ranking committee member, uh, Chuck Grassley, Republican of Iowa, said Thursday they will introduce an antitrust bill aimed at controlling discriminatory big tech practices. As dominant digital platforms, some of the biggest companies our world has ever seen increasingly give preference to their own products and services, we must put policies in place to ensure small businesses and entrepreneurs still have the opportunity to succeed in the digital marketplace. The American Innovation and Choice Online Act, which is similar to a bill introduced earlier this year by the House Judiciary Subcommittee on Antitrust, Chairman David Cicilline, Democrat of Rhode Island would make it illegal for the large online tech companies to engage in discriminatory behavior, including disadvantaging rivals. Cicilline's bill and a bill by Rep. Uh, Pramila Jayapal, Democrat of Washington, were advanced by the House Judiciary Committee in June. One of these bills, once these bills are signed into law, they will help ensure lower prices and greater choice for consumers, higher wages for workers, and more opportunities for small businesses to get ahead. I look forward to continuing to work in a bipartisan fashion to get the job done and send these bills to President Biden's desk. Now, Klobuchar and Grassley's bill would have dramatic implications for companies like Google, Apple, and Amazon, which have all been suspected of positioning their own products above their competitors in order to generate higher profits. Third-party businesses on Amazon have suspected the company's profits positions on its own similar private label products over there. Obviously, the big companies have denied wrongdoing. A coalition of 32 attorney generals from around the nation have urged Congress to make improvements on the nation's antitrust laws. They sent a letter to the House and Judiciary Committees in September, which said these included provisions to further enhance consumer protections from unlawful, irresponsible mergers and business practices, as well as necessary improvements to ensure that competition and innovation are not stifled. In addition, we urge Congress to include in the legislation a provision confirming that the states are are sovereign that stand on equal footing with federal enforcers of federal antitrust law. As Congress considers how to best improve antitrust law, we encourage the House and Senate to prioritize protecting competition and innovation. There's also been large outcry opposing this measure, one coming from Patrick Hedger, Vice President of Policy at Taxpayers Protection Alliance. 
He said, this bill, which has emerged from the House Judiciary Committee, seeks to turn the largest online services in the United States from the ever-evolving firms that they are today into ossified infrastructure, no more innovative than a local water utility. Right off the bat, this bill is anti-competitive, not to mention a historical road hedger. I have to be honest with you. I completely disagree with him, and let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Imagine this. You decide that you want to come up with an app. Let's call that app free speech social media site. So let's say it's FSSMS, right? Free speech social media site. And you say, hey, I want to get to people who are already on social media. So you go to Facebook and you want to put up Facebook ads. Say, hey, come download our social media site. We will not, we will not discriminate. So you do this. And Facebook approves them. And then a couple of days in, you know, you got, you know, they did really good. You got 50, 60, 70, 80,000 people signing up at, at any given day. You know, you're, you're doing good. You know, you're spending a lot of money. You know, you're going into debt. You're risking uh, bankruptcy to do this, but it's okay. Cause you look at all these people and all these people are going to tell their grandma and their grandma's going to get on there and they're going to tell their daughter and their daughter's going to be on there posting what she's getting for sun for lunch. And it's going to be great. And it's going to be fine. And you'll make the money on the back end. Then you get an email. Hey, free speech social media site. We've determined that we don't want to run your ads. Because Facebook, being that it has no regulation, can 100% do whatever it wants. This is the private company argument. And then you go, that's sad, but we already got a couple hundred thousand people on here. Oh, we got an email from Amazon saying that they'll no longer be hosting your web services. Which is terrible because they're the one. They're pretty probably the best web services, best prices. Used to have great customer support, and now they just kicked you off. So here you when you put you put probably over a million dollars into marketing this and developing this and getting people on the platform and getting influencers on the platform, and all of a sudden it's taken away. That's what this bill is aimed to stop, or. What also this bill is aimed to stop is you worked hard your entire life. You always had this idea. And you finally, you had this idea. You you made an amazing diaper. And you got diapers.com and you were doing good. And then this thing comes around. It's called Amazon. You'd never heard of it, but you know, people are buying stuff online. You get on Amazon. Amazon goes, holy crap. Look at how much these people are selling. Let's offer to buy them. They say, no, we don't want to buy. We don't want to sell. And what happens? You start to wonder why you're not getting as many sales. Well, it turns out Amazon has made their own diaper. And they've made sure that they rank on top of you for a way cheaper price. Because Amazon can afford to lose money. You can't. And I know what you're saying. There's laws to prevent this. There's laws to prevent people from underselling to squash their competition. But all it takes to beat that is saying, no, we were selling them for discounts because we wanted to get initial customers in the door. We were going to raise the price later. Seems reasonable. And a lot of juries would agree. And a lot of judges would agree. Because who really decides what something's worth, right? The idea of what is something worth is basically what will somebody pay for it? Is a Birkin bag worth $100,000? No, but if somebody wants to pay $100,000, by golly, it is. 
Now, the tech businesses sent a letter to the committee as well, saying, at a time when voters are looking to Congress to address the country's most pressing challenges, it seems hard to believe that Congress instead is on the verge of banning Amazon Prime and Amazon Basics, banning the pre-installation of iMessage and FaceTime on iPhones, and banning Google from including Google Maps in its search results. Or with a group of 15 tech businesses, including Americans for Prosperity, Chambers of Progress, Computer and Communications Industry Association, and Competitive Enterprise Institutes. This bill is sponsored by Senator Dick Durbin, Richard Blumenthal, Cory Booker, Lindsey Graham, John Kennedy, and Cynthia Loomis. Now listen, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Some of the bill I don't agree with. I'm not going to lie to you. There is, uh, there, there's something, you know, that they, they want to stop, you know, iMessage and FaceTime from being put onto iPhones. That's why I disagree with it, right? It's like, it's like if you buy a, a Microsoft computer, it can't come with Microsoft Word. It's part of the reason I'm buying the phone. But there are a lot of parts I agree with. I would like to see more done about 230 and about their ability to completely remove us from social media and from existing, really. Because they hate us. Watch this. Or I guess listen to this. If leadership could kill. Oh, wait, it can. This comes as other Republicans and MAGA minions double down on their anti-vax talking points. Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan tweeting that we should ban vaccine mandates, period. A move that would allow polio, measles, and hepatitis to flourish in our schools. Because why not? Charlie Kirk of the right-wing student group Turning Point USA got the COVID party started, tweeting, reject tyranny, catch the freedom flu. Despite the fact that Kirk's colleague, the co-founder at Turning Point, died of COVID last year. Conservatives are also turning NBA star Kyrie Irving into an anti-vax martyr. The Brooklyn Nets guard is forbidden from playing or practicing with his teammates until he's fully eligible under New York's COVID-19 vaccination guidelines. Oh. Don't worry. It's fine. They don't hate us. No, 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 no. They want to unify. Listen, so Biden has a big problem. I'm playing a video of... Empty shelves at a local grocery store. These shelves are absolutely empty. And I know what you're asking. No, it's not because of great deals, right? Amazon didn't buy the store and try to put the mom and pop stop out of business. But they're empty. They're empty. Listen, CNN, they love covering up for Hunter Biden. Watch this. There's no evidence that Hunter Biden has done anything wrong. There is no evidence of any wrongdoing between uh, uh, by Biden, by Joe Biden, or by Hunter Biden. There's no evidence that Joe Biden actually did anything wrong or did anything to sway things in Hunter Biden's favor. He's denied that his son ever lobbied him for anything. There is nothing. He did, he's done nothing wrong at all. Nothing. No, he's great. Really. Watch this. This is him bragging about getting the prosecutor fired. This is him bragging about it. Over convincing. It'll play in just one and, uh, second. Um, I remember going over convincing our team, our <clears throat> others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over 
I guess the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and uh, and I was going supposed to announce that there was another billion dollar loan guarantee, and I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had they were walking out to press conference. I said, no, nah. I said I'm not going to, or, or we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid. Solid meaning that they wouldn't look up the rampant corruption in the Biden family. Anti-some, folks. At the time, it wasn't known, but the prosecutor was looking into whether or not Hunter Biden was worthy of the hundreds of thousands of dollars he was making and if, you know, whether or not Tony Boblinski was saving money for the big guy. But don't worry, folks. Don't worry at all. Everything is on point. Look, I'm going to head out of here. I will see you guys back here on Monday. Hopefully, the world is still spinning by then. Glenn Fittick's Riches 25 campaign aims to challenge the historically unitary and largely misinterpreted vision of wealth and what it means to live a life of riches that is commonly displayed in culture. Riches 25 breaks from the single malt scotch whiskey norm and helps redefine what it means to be rich. The launch of the Glenn Fittick Riches 25 is a curation of 25 individuals that challenge traditional notions of wealth and express an alternate idea of what it means to live a life of riches. For me, it's about fulfilling work and flexibility in my time and nobody breathing down my neck except for you, Jen. And when there's too much breathing, I reach for my Glenfiddich 23. I want it to be old enough to have its own scotch if it wants to. Skillfully crafted, enjoy responsibly. Glenfiddich 2021, imported by William Grant & Sons, Inc., New York, New York.